business in the front. Party in the back. Podcast. I love your spirit fingers. Every time we do podcasts, Lauren does his spirit fingers. It's every every single time. Anyway, actually, Michelle, I do do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Michelle, and I am Lauren, and we're just two friends hanging out talking about business. That's the one. Um, So today's show, of course, Lauren is brought to you by. The Raw Raw Spirit Team. And you can't say the Spirit Team without actually having spirit fingers. So, so it is warming up, really. It is warming up. Yeah, that's up. right. That's yeah. warming up, practicing. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the Raw Raw Spirit Team is a online community with like-minded entrepreneurs who all get together and they support each other through, you know, we've got monthly masterminds, we've got guest instructors, I do business training every week, live coaching calls, uh, you know, inspiration, kick your butt if you want that, send you love if you want that, you know, anything. It's really just around making sure that, you know, you have a sort of supportive community to grow your small or medium-sized business. Or if you're, you know, even wanting to start a business that you have a foundation and a team that gets behind you to really help you with that journey. Because I think that sometimes we get caught up with you know, doing our own thing and not really having someone to bounce ideas off of or, or getting really stuck on a small little concept when somebody else knows the answer already. Mm. So that's what the Raw Raw Spirit team is all about. And you can try it for free for 14 days. I'll put a link for that in the show notes. But for more information, you can also head to raw, raw, R-A-H-R-A-H, consulting, all one word, dot com. So today's show is brought to you by my business, as you know, and it's all about beauty and the business. And today we're going to be basically talking about, you know, our journey to um, self-love, beauty tips and tricks. You're going to say our journey to beauty. (laughs) We're still working on (laughs) it. We're getting there. I mean, really, probably. (laughs) And uh, also we'll be talking to a beauty expert who has had over 20 years in the business. Yeah. Amazing. I can't wait for that. Um, so Lauren, as you mentioned, it's a couple of friends, you and I are talking about business mixed in with a bit of party. Um, before we get started, we'd like to talk about our week, um, yeah. what's been happening during the week, that sort of thing. So how's your week been? What have you been up to? Uh, my week has been really busy. I mean, I think I talk about it on the show all the time, but it, you know, it's really important, I think, to kind of look at where you're spending your time and making sure that you're doing things that yield a, a good return on investment. and you know, I feel that sometimes I do a lot of stuff and I'm not really seeing the, you know, the fruition come from it, I guess. Uh, I probably haven't articulated that properly, but I'm not really seeing the fruits of my labor yet. Yeah. that's And um, yeah, but at the same time, you know, when you kind of stop and realign and go, okay, well, why am I doing the things that I'm doing and understanding that I'm playing the long game, then I think that, you know, you're able to make better decisions that take you where you want to go and grow. So one of the things that I've really noticed lately with the people that I've been working with is that a lot of people are really being hard on themselves for not advancing their business maybe as fast as they want to. And, you know, I've noticed that even for myself, but I'm pretty good at talking myself around and just reminding myself that it's the long game. And so, you know, a lot of that this week. And, you know, I wanted to tell you, Michelle, actually, that I think I've mentioned it before about Pinterest, but I'm really, you know, let's use me as a bit of an experiment, actually. I'm putting a lot of effort right now into Pinterest over Instagram and Facebook, although I'm still doing my weekly lives and training and things like that. 
one of the reasons why I'm prioritizing Pinterest is because Pinterest is all about driving traffic. So when you and I have our podcast, you know, and we're sharing on socials and that kind of thing, it doesn't necessarily mean people are clicking through to listen to the episodes. And so if we can continue to build our profile on Pinterest, mm -hmm. and by doing that, I mean pinning a lot of boards and, um, or pinning a lot of content to different boards, uploading our own content, supporting other people's, other creators' content as well. What it does is it will actually start driving people to where we want them to go directly, as opposed to, to you know, click the link in our bio, which is an additional step for people to do, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm putting a lot of effort in my own business for, um, for Raw Raw Consulting to build up my profile. I just signed up for a... Uh, a service called Tailwind. Tailwind is basically an affiliate of Pinterest and you know they actually want you to be pinning anywhere between you know six and ten pins every day. So that's, that's actually a lot Seems of like work. Lot. To, yeah. yeah, that's a lot. So uh, with Tailwind, you can actually set it up so that it's doing it automatically for you. Ah, so okay. yes. So it's interesting, you know, because I've got a bunch of lead generators I've, I've created, such as, you know, 33 content ideas, time management, you know, little gifts that I give away sometimes in our episodes here together. And it's just you know, trying to basically find ways of letting people know, hey, I'm making this kick-ass content and um, I'm making this kick-ass content and I, um, you know, I want you to basically sign up so I can contact you and let you know what I'm doing. What a great <laughs> So that's tip. the whole purpose for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So amazing. let's just, you know, watch this space, I guess, and see how my newsletter and my uh, mailing list grows and what kind of traction I get. And you know, eventually I know I'll get more followers and then send directly to where I want them to go. So you and I, that's something we were talking about before our conversation is that we're looking at, you know, building our profile on Pinterest a bit more to drive people directly to our episodes. Yeah. Um, the other thing I just wanted to share that happened this week is that my partner and I were renting at the moment and we weren't really sure when we were going to buy again, but we realized that we really want to buy a property and live out of town. And uh, anyway, ended up finding a really cool property and it, it didn't have everything we wanted. Like we want a creek and we want fruit trees and things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, to make a really long story short, ended up calling the owner and we talked about the possibility. It was a bit out of our price range. Talked about the possibility, of maybe renting it and then seeing how we like it and stuff like that. And we ended up making the decision not to move ahead with that because you know, the whole theory is that if you settle for something that is good, but not exactly what you want, yeah. then what you've you done is that. you've created a block or a hurdle to getting what you actually want. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you would agree with me on that. It's, a, it's an interesting kind of, uh, I guess you just need to trust that what is meant for you is coming around the corner and not settling for something that's second, even mm. though it's really beautiful. So I just thought that was an interesting lesson that, you know, I kind of learned because I was sort of pushing to, no, let's really, let's try it and blah, blah, blah. And my mm. partner was happy for me to just work it out with myself, mm. which I ended up doing, which is interesting. So that's you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, do you have anything else to share? Because I was going to say I can relate to <laughs> yeah. that very, very strongly with what you're no, you talking about. You go for about. it. I just talked a lot. 
No, yeah. you didn't talk a lot. I just didn't want to, you know, if there was more to share for your week. Um, no, no, that was just, that. I thought that was a big aha moment. Yeah. Um, so mm. we have been looking for a property too, which is so funny because um, I knew that you were sort of looking on and off, but um, yeah, we just sort of felt like maybe, you know, we're in um, a small estate, you know, they're really tiny blocks and all that sort of stuff. And when I did yeah. a that girls weekend retreat thing that I did, it was um, in a really tree, um, you know, old growth sort of area, the gap in Brisbane. Um, and it was just amazing, like doing a healing and looking out the windows at all the trees. And I just thought, you know, I really want that. And you can't really get that in the estate where we live. And so we were looking around, we found, um, a really beautiful property at Bodrum. And funnily enough, the Creek was what resonated with me because I really want the Creek as well. And this property yeah. had the Creek, it had rainforest. It actually it backs onto yeah. rainforest, the Creek. Um, it was just beautiful. And it was like 3000 square meters. Um, and just like a sort of split level sort of property and it's got like the fire pit in the backyard and like everything. It was just beautiful, really, really beautiful. Wow. But it didn't have like a set area that I could sort of work out of. So we were sort of looking for something where you could um, maybe have a separate entrance, you know, that sort of thing for my business. Oh yeah, that's good. So it would have required a bit of, um, you know, work. It's a four better, but like it's all kind of closed at the front and then the side access is very narrow. And so we were mm. like, oh, you know, how will we, how will we work this? But I mean, you walk in the, fr- in the house and all you're looking at is rainforest. Like it's all open at the back. It was just beautiful, all open plan. And um, yeah, but it's, it's one of those things, you know, like I said to Jason, like, this is like this forest, this creek, this everything is just amazing. Like it feels like home to me, to the area. Mm. Um, and it's close to everything. It's really good location. But I was like, how do we do my thing? You know, how do we, do we have people kind of, you know, trying to squeeze down the side of the house, you know, to get to one of the back rooms so that you can use the forest. Cause I don't want to be at the front because there's a big fence there and it's not, there's no point. Like, yeah. you know, what, why would you bother? So I'm a bit like you where I was like, Oh my God, I love this house. I love this house. I love this house, which you should never do in real estate. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was like, Oh, but then we had the same issue. You know how you were talking to me a while ago about having to get a part-time job. And if you're running your own business, you have to have like two years of, you know, yeah. evidence of income and all of this stuff. So of course we went to the bank and the bank was just like, there's no way, like, there's no way we're going to lend you anything. So either, you know, I'm with you at the restaurant, you know, so, um, yeah, you know, give me, put in the good word, Lauren, I may have to, uh, <laughs> shift up north and uh, get a job at the restaurant. Um, who knows? Um, yeah. So maybe they said worst case scenario, maybe we could like do 12 months of income. So it's, it's kind of on the back burner, um, for us, but it was yeah, nice okay. you know, to get out there and see what's available. But yeah, it's funny mm-hmm. how you mentioned the Creek. Um, and I, you know, as I said to Jason, I was like, look, this is almost there. And we did look at another property at Bodrum last time when we were buying. Um, and it was the same thing. It was like, yeah, it's, you know, the land and there's this and it's perfect and rah, rah but the house wasn't a hundred percent there for us. And it's always like, you know, do you, do you compromise um, or do you wait for the right property or do you just build, you know, and make it um, exactly what you want? So yeah, very similar weeks. I think you and I have had. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think that, you know, you and I, we have a lot of faith. I mean, our episode on manifestation showcased mm. that, that, you know, we know that when we want something, the universe conspires to deliver it to us. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes, it's it's good to just regroup and go, oh, wait, maybe right now is not the right time or that's yeah. not the right thing. And yeah. I think you can compromise if it's, if your skeleton or your real, you know, important things are there, mm. you know, because yeah. for us, the house is important, but at the same time, we're happy to renovate. Yeah. 
we actually yeah. thought renovating would be easier than building, but we've looked at that, maybe a tiny home or something. But yeah. whenever I say that to my family, they just, they look blankly and they go, you're going to live in a tiny home? <laughs> I thought, what do they think? <laughs> they, they think I have a lot of stuff or something, <laughs> which I don't, I don't think I have a lot of things of clothes and books. When you say, when you say tiny home, you're not talking about like a caravan, you know, size or like, like, yeah, like maybe double the size of that. You can basically buy fitted homes that are already, or a, we're looking at a building, a container house for a long time. Yeah. They're cool. Container homes are cool. Yeah. They are cool, but uh, we live in a cyclone area, so that's not really yeah, that's not ideal. as feasible. Yeah. yeah. And Maybe not a concrete. Wants- <laughs> One made out of concrete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not everyone also wants to live near a container home, so it, it can devalue oh, some of the other. Right. Yeah, and I never really thought about that. I never but thought about that. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, there are some super trendy, cool-ass yeah. container homes. I mean, yeah. Pinterest, hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, Hashtag Pinterest. So- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So back to that. Yeah. But, um, so that's been, what about, that's been in alignment for you and I, um, which is really cool. Um, you know, that we're sort of doing the whole, you know, looking for, you know, what, what we really want. Um, and in terms of, you know, living arrangements and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's really cool. Um, the other thing I just yeah. wanted to briefly mention is I got my mentorship off the ground. I was, uh, yeah, I wanted to know about that. So nervous. Oh my God. Uh, I hung up on everyone once which was okay uh, on the Monday. So I'm like, I, I feel like I'm winning. Like it was only once. Um, I had to get everyone on back Zoom. on. On Zoom. Yeah. And okay. um, yeah. And then Thursday night was good. I didn't hang up on anyone. Um, but I've got an issue, Lauren, and I might have to Google this, um, YouTube this, but on Zoom, on the web browser, because I'm doing rooms, you know, the breakout rooms and stuff like that. And oh, yeah. yeah, so on, you can only do that on the web browser. I don't believe you can do that in the app. I had an IT friend of mine over here helping me. But it doesn't doesn't seem to give you um, an opportunity or an option to gallery view. And I've got like, you know, nine people, 10 people on the computer and I can't gallery view them. So in the web browser, so we're in the app at the moment, but in the web browser, it doesn't seem to give you that option. So I'm changing, I'm using the Mac, but I'm also using my iPad because the iPad does give me the option to gallery view. So I'm using two devices. But your iPad... Are you running that through your browser? No, the iPads is through the app. So you're because setting I'm not up doing the breakout room on your the computer iPad. and you're yeah. watching it. Yeah, yeah. Because the iPad doesn't do breakout rooms. You don't get the option on an iPad. So I'm using the iPad to get the view that I want on the TV. So Because there's people here physically. So they can see. And it worked okay. Like I was really nervous oh, so about... Oh, did do the Yeah, physical... I was really nervous about that. But I had you know, six or seven people here with me. And then I had the rest of them sitting on the computer and playing it through the TV. It just occurred to me after I spoke to you, I was like, oh, I could do it through the TV so we can see all of them. And I've got oh. the two devices so they can see the whole room where we're all sitting. Yeah. So it's like, it all. So you played your people through the TV. So the people yeah. in your actual yeah. office could could yeah, see that yeah we were more, sitting in the lounge we sat in the lounge because there's more space oh, yeah so it worked really well and um it was very interactive and and i thought yeah this is this is where it's at but it's just confusing because you've got to switch between hosting from your ipad to like you know change the view then i've got to go back to hosting on the mac to do the breakout rooms and like all of that so all i need to figure out is how i do gallery view on zoom in a web browser but it doesn't seem to come up as an option and i googled it um but yeah it seemed to just keep saying click on this thing and the button's not appearing there so 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll help you with that off the yeah. show. Yeah. It's appearing on this one at the moment, but we're in the app at the moment. So who knows? Anyway, um, that was my dilemma, but, um, yeah, apart from that, everything went really well. So I feel like, you know, it's a great, um, extra source of income, you know, it's for the next 10 weeks, pretty much everyone paid upfront because I had a little competition where I was like, you can have a three, a free 30 minute session with me. If you, you know, and do whatever you want, if you pay upfront. So pretty much everyone, our two people have paid upfront. Um, so that money's in the bank and that's over the next 10 weeks. That's, you know, my income. So I think it, um, yeah, I think it worked really well anyway. Well um, done. It's always about those incentives. Another thing that works really well, not for you, but just for our listener at home, if they're thinking about this sort of thing, risk reversal is really good. So risk reversal is essentially where you can try something and get out of it. So like with the the team, right? I go try it for 14 days for free. If you don't like it, get out of it. It doesn't cost you anything. And then the other thing that I do as well in that is I say you can cancel at any time Mm -hmm. because I don't want people to be locked into something if it's not serving them, right? Yeah. Yep. So for you, you know, you gave them an incentive to pay ahead, which is brilliant. Because sometimes people try to give incentives to, to, to basically try to get people to convert faster. So um, today we're going to be talking to, as you mentioned, an expert in beauty. And we're really excited to hear from her. It's going to be another one where we chat to her and then sort of insert her into you know, the conversation. So yes. um, we've discussed in a previous episode the many beauty disasters we've both had. It was uh, very funny. We got a lot of laughs out of that. Mine mostly relate to my hair and disasters relating to my hair. Uh, And my worst moment, as I've discussed before, Lauren, of course, was when a hairdresser chopped all my hair off after I showed her a picture of Zoe Deschanel. And then my um, dad actually mistook me for Zoe because I was so embarrassed with my hairstyle. I couldn't even put my photo on Facebook. I was mortified. So I put a photo of Zoe up saying this is what I was meant to look like. Dad thought it was me, shared it with all his friends, and he still to this day thinks that I'm Zoe. So um, what can you do about that? Anyway, so for us to finally get over that, but also to look more at um, self-love because a lot of my clients that I see don't overly love themselves enough, I think. Um, And it's something that a lot of women are working on. And I'm working with some girls as well, younger women. So it's really good to get in there and and try to give them, you know, some tips around Mm -hmm. pampering, looking after yourself because that's the most feminine expression that we have, yeah, is giving back to ourselves because feminine is receiving. That's what it means to be a woman. So um, if we go out and we're pampering and giving back to ourselves and making ourselves feel beautiful, there's no more feminine expression than that, I don't think. Well, that's beautiful. I never really thought about the feminine as being the receiving part. Mm. That's what it is. I mean, it makes sense if you think about it from a physical point of view. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Men are uh, the givers. Women are the receivers. That's how it works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. You've read Dan Brown. Have you read Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, um, that's the symbol for women, you know, the triangles, you know, the downward facing like that. It was a long time ago that I read that. Yeah. And the man, the the man is that, that's the symbol for male. So when you go to the Louvre, they've got those, um, you know, the pyramids and all the different shapes like that. So the woman is almost the wine glass, the open and the man is that, the pointy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think it's funny too, as you get older, I don't know if this has happened to you, but I remember had this clear experience a few years ago where I looked in the mirror and I went, oh, I look different. Yeah. Where, you know, cause when you see yourself every day, yep. but then I had this really crazy moment. I was like, I look different. 
And uh, one of the things, I think I've talked about it to you before, but I was talking to a woman who does color therapy. This is a long time ago. And she was also a, a nurse. And she said that she talked to this 94-year-old woman one morning. And the woman looked at herself in the mirror and said, don't I look beautiful today? And the woman that, that told me that story, she said, isn't that a wonderful thing to think? And I thought, yeah. And so every ever since that moment, I do, you know, try to look at myself in the mirror. I don't focus on imperfections. You know, if I have a zit or wrinkles or whatever. I don't look at those things. I just look at my eyes and try to see my heart, I guess. Mm. And, um, and so I always just make jokes about how I look in the mirror and I go, yeah, girl, still got it. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's those things, when you do them over and over and over, you yeah. do believe yeah. and you do start to see your heart coming through. That's so I know we'll be talking a bit about that. Anyway. All right. Well, shall we get to the episode or I mean, yeah. get to our uh, conversation with uh, our special guest? Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. All right, and welcome to the show. Our guest today is Megan Dent. She has worked in the beauty industry for over 20 years as a professional makeup artist and salon owner. So when it comes to knowing everything about keeping your skin looking healthy and applying flawless makeup, she is the expert. Megan specializes in bridal makeup, photo shoots, and teaching makeup lessons from her Brisbane studio and through her recently launched online makeup lessons. Yes, girl. <laughs> her approach is simple and down to earth, making even a beginner client feel comfortable. She is known for her natural flawless makeup and loves to let her client's natural beauty shine through. She's joined us today to talk about all things beauty, and business. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Megan. Thank you for having me. It's so funny because I think that when you're a teen, well, I don't think I know when you're a teenager, you're kind of just, you know, making it up and doing the best you can. And, you know, I'm in my late thirties and Michelle's older than me. Yeah. So <laughs> very polite. <laughs> That's, I'm 44. So yeah, we're the same lovely. age, Megan. Oh, there you go, Lauren. I have an ally. I have an ally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all right. Where I'm trying to go with this though, is that like when I was learning to do makeup, I didn't have YouTube tutorials. I didn't have, you know, there weren't those, you know, how to do things process by process. And I remember a couple of years ago, I had to learn to put on foundation for the first time. And some women at work, younger women at work were telling me all about the blush brushes, you know, the, yes, yes. the thing. I'm like, what? And they go, yeah, you just blend it in, you know, blend. And I went, okay, you know, it's learning this whole new world. So it's so great to have you on the show today. Um, I definitely love talking about beauty. I know Michelle does too. And we also love talking about business. So yes. I think that it would probably be a really great idea if we could actually talk about business first and then maybe end with the beauty. So tell me what attracted you initially to getting involved in the, um, in the beauty business. Okay. So growing up, I did a lot of dancing. So makeup was just a part of being a dancer. You know, you do competitions and you do concerts. And so you learn at quite a young age to do your own makeup because back then that's what you did. Either your mum did it or you did it yourself. And I just had such an interest in it and I ended up doing a lot of my friends' hair and makeup. So it's just a natural transition for me to go into something creative. Um, saying that, though, over 20 years ago when I started, 
Um, makeup was really only done for weddings or special occasions. It wasn't like it is now that people have their makeup done for everything. So it wasn't a full-time job to start with. I just finished school. I was a personal assistant during the week and on weekends I did bridal makeup. So I went to, I grew up in Sydney. I did the Napoleon course. Um, this is so long ago that he was actually one of my teachers. I think we were his second ever class so I got great experience doing my course with him I just had a real passion for it and to me it was a hobby it was never meant to be my main job it was just a weekend you know creative outlet for me I loved working with brides it was great money and then I saved up and could go to London and do all the things I wanted to do but during the week, I worked as a personal assistant because there was just no need for makeup during the week. So that's sort of how it all started. And then as I got older, I was just constantly being asked about skin, what did I use? So I thought I'm going to put myself through beauty college and get a diploma and just sort of find out the skin side of things. And of course, I fell in love with it. So the minute I graduated, I opened my own salon. And as I say, the rest is history. I just loved everything about it. So I did obviously beauty treatments. It also tied in well with my makeup. So then I had a full-time job in beauty because obviously beauty is every day. Every weekend I kept up my bridal. And, yeah, that's how I got into the industry. And it's just very me. I love anything creative. I love working with women. I obviously love to talk. So, um, yeah, the salon just thrived, actually. Um, it got busier and busier and busier. I actually sold it when I had my second son because it was just out of control busy. Um, and so now I just do the makeup side of things. I've um, stepped back from the beauty and um, I do photo shoots, bridal. And, of course, these days there is um, makeup work during the week because, you know, people have branding shoots, people do fashion photo shoots. I do bridal on weekends still. And then now I do the makeup lessons. So I'm able to give back by teaching. And so, yeah, it's just a beautiful job. I still can't believe it's my main job and that it's fit, it fits in so beautifully with being a mum as well. So I'm able to be here for my boys. I'm able to run these lessons for everyday women. So yeah, I feel really lucky, to be honest. What a dream. What a dream. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Um, Megan, the beauty industry, of course, it's um, it's a huge animal. Um, and you could yes. say that a lot of people may not feel, um, you know, good enough or beautiful enough, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so where do you think uh, self-love, you know, the issues of, of self-love, a lot of us deal with that. Where does that sort of fit in um, with beauty? And um, is it sort of about enhancing what you already have so maybe you know that the cheekbones or the you know yeah assets look i've definitely known in the industry for my more natural makeup i definitely don't attract clients that love that whole kardashian crazy look i'm all about bringing features out for my clients and i always say to them the best compliment for me is not that someone says your makeup's amazing the best compliment for me is someone goes, oh, my God, look at your eyes. I didn't even know you have blue eyes. Or look at your cheek. But, like, that's beauty to me. And I'll be honest with you, my the makeup lesson side of my business has exploded. It's taken over everything else. And it's because my focus is on everyday women. I don't want to teach 20-year-old gorgeous girls how to put on makeup because they already know how to. I love the everyday mums that 
have been stuck at home with babies that are in their yoga pants that feel like they've lost their mojo they come to a lesson and you see that light go on in them and it's amazing like they walk out they can't believe they've done the makeup themselves they can't believe how beautiful they look and that for me is just so rewarding and that's why I do the teaching because you know it's just helping those everyday women that's that won't even walk into a mecca store so I hear all the time that they won't even go into a makeup department because they feel so embarrassed so like not sure of themselves they don't want to be shown by someone that's 20 that looks perfect with glitter and a winged eyeliner that's just way too overwhelming for a lot of women and so when they come here they see that I'm a mom they see I'm 44 I'm a size 14 you know I'm just a regular mom and I'm teaching them you know life skills that a lot of them probably should have been taught when they were young but if you don't have a girly mum or a sister how would you know how to put on makeup so they get so embarrassed that they've reached 40 and don't know and it's my job to make them feel okay with that like that is so okay how would you know if no one's yeah. taught you so I get a lot out of that I love my 40 50 year old clients they're my favorite and I just love working with them and I get the most beautiful emails just saying oh my god I just for the first time went into a Sephora and knew what to buy or you know they're just building their confidence yeah. up again so it's it's really rewarding I love that and I would say that you know when you feel beautiful you know on the outside I think it does help with self-love on the inside honestly because I can tell you that days when I feel put together and glammed up, I just feel like I can conquer the world. <laughs> but if my hair is growing out, you know, and I've got roots showing and I'm not feeling, you know, myself, I guess, yes. I don't feel as powerful. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's such yeah. a confidence booster. And what a lot of them don't realize is it only takes such a small amount to make you feel better i think a lot of people are put off by makeup they're too busy they've got kids they think oh my god i don't have the time to sit in front of a mirror for an hour but it doesn't need to be like that like you know when i teach i teach a very quick day look and then of course an evening look for special occasions but you don't have to be full glam every day like it's okay to just put on a little bit of powder and lippy to make yourself feel better it doesn't mean you're now going to turn up at a soccer game with full glam so yeah. it's just I think it's important for women to know that there's different stages of makeup and sometimes just a little bit throwing on a bright lippy can just make you feel so much better about yourself feel make you feel brighter I get a lot of women that say someone at work commented like a man at work was like oh my god you look amazing and that's <laughs> such a confidence boost for somebody that may yeah. not have ever been noticed before so yeah a little less is more that's my motto less is more you don't need a lot but a little can make all the difference i like that a lot now i know that you said that you sold your salon and that yeah. you're working doing makeup primarily i guess i am really curious about if we could kind of talk a bit about this situation with covid because we're oh. recording this in late august mm -hmm. 2020 yeah. um you know how has the situation with covid sort of forced you to adapt. I know you talked about doing online makeup lessons. So yes. is that something that you were doing before COVID or is that something that you're realizing, you know, that, that kind of came out out of that? 
Uh, no, I did. So COVID definitely affected me. Being a makeup artist and having a studio, I came under beauty salon. So when they closed, I closed. So I had a good three months where I wasn't able to do photo shoots or bridal or teach makeup. So absolutely that affected me. Um, I was really lucky though, about 18 months ago, I made the decision to film my makeup lesson. So I had a lot of women outside of Brisbane flying in to do lessons, wanting to come to Brisbane to do lessons. And I just thought, I need to film this. Other women need access to this information. So. I was lucky I had that pre-recorded, I had it, I'd already been selling it. Um, so I was able to sell that to, you know, women in Sydney and Melbourne, et cetera, throughout COVID. But I did also use that time to work on my business. So like so many women, I really struggle sometimes to do the behind the scenes. Like I'm pretty good on yeah. social media, but there's so many things that fall through the cracks because you're busy. You know, I can only work between nine and two. I have two boys. Um, and so things get pushed to the side. So during COVID, I did a business coaching course, which I have never done before, and it was amazing. I did um, Zoom calls with different people to talk about strategies, about working together once we were back in our salons. Um, I did all the admin that's been piling up in my intro forever. I filmed a whole heap of makeup tips that I can now post for the next six months. So. I try to use the time wisely to work on the business because we don't always get that time to do that. So I actually found it quite helpful to have that little bit of extra time up my sleeve to just work on the business instead of in it. Um, so, yeah, I was lucky in that way that I could do that. So Mika, moving forward and based on, you know, I guess, that experience and that was unprecedented, no one's really seen anything like that before. Yeah. Are there things that you'll be doing differently uh, looking ahead, you know? not too different like I think the business coaching was a big eye-opener for me um it brought up things that I didn't even know I was missing in the business so um now I have a marketing plan now I have zero for my business it was a um all about not treating your business as just like a hobby business like make it serious and so that was a really big learning for me to I've always treated it a little bit like a hobby but it's actually a, a thriving business so um, I guess those changes I'll definitely be implementing. Look, COVID definitely makes you think about what you do. Like if it was to go on longer, it would have been very hard not being able to have the studio open. Um, like I said, I was lucky to have the online. Um, I don't think I would change too much at this stage though. Um, mm -hmm. I think because it is a part-time business because I'm a mum as well, um, you just make it work. I mean, I had to homeschool. <laughs> as well we threw a spanner in the works with everything so like everyone I was just fumbling along and look if it god forbid it happens again I will just fumble along again but yeah look I feel I came out of it feeling the most organized I ever have for my business like I felt like I had systems in place which I didn't have before um I'm a I was a personal assistant for years so I love being organized but sometimes you just don't get that time when you're in and out with clients all day. I don't have time to sit here and make systems. So I do think yeah. that's an important part of business. And, you know, COVID gave me the chance to do that. 
Yeah, that's really great. And actually next week for our listener at home, Michelle and I will be recording an episode all about how to deal with overwhelm. So if you are not like Megan and you haven't got your act together to get systems in place, uh, we might be able to offer you some value in, in regards to that. So Megan, I know that you mentioned that you said you work with a lot of women over 40. Yes. Um, I am really curious though, because I have heard kind of like whispers online a little bit about men getting a bit more into the beauty industry. Okay. Um, I noticed that, you know, some people that I know, they're getting their, their eyebrows waxed. Um, I know that Gary V, I was listening to him one time talking and he was saying that he wouldn't be surprised if people started wearing makeup, like men started wearing makeup in the future. Yeah. Have you seen, you know, this kind of happening or do you have absolutely any look when I owned my salon one of the salons I owned was in um fitness first here at Carindale and it was a very busy gym I absolutely had men coming in for waxing facial skin care a hundred percent it was a huge part of my business being in a gym that was seven years ago now though um look being in makeup obviously I don't come across a lot of males, but then saying that one of my best friends in Sydney owns a male waxing salon, he is so booked out all the time. It is such a big industry down there for him. So, um, and men are definitely becoming more into like getting eyebrow shape, using proper skincare. Um, I don't know about makeup yet, but there's definitely, definitely a turn in men wanting to look after themselves, which I think is great. I think it's great too when they um when they look uh yeah I think it's great too. Yeah, nice. I think it's, it's great. Nice people take care of themselves. Absolutely. And I have two sons, so I hope that they take care of themselves. So yeah, no, I think it's important and just general grooming. Like I think it's nice that if this next generation like of young men, you know, care about how, you know, keeping their skin healthy, dressing nicely, like I love that type of thing. Yeah, even so if it's just moisturizer. Yeah, it doesn't have to be yeah. like full, you know, oh, <laughs> foundation. No, no, no. I'm talking like just yeah. moisturizer and stuff like that. for some men, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, or even sunscreen. Like, you know, we live in Queensland. Having a beauty background, I'm the biggest sunscreen person because in my clinic, I saw so many people come with damage and skin cancer. So, even if it means that men start wearing sunscreen, I feel like that's a bonus, you know, protect your skin. You know, it's a big thing up here. We're outdoors all the time. So yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, very much so. Um, Megan, one of the reasons we wanted to chat to you was uh, also about the fun stuff. Um, so what are some of the do's and don'ts? Um, this could get quite uh, entertaining. Um, we'll see what you come out with. But what are some of the do's and don'ts when it does come to skincare? We talked about the sunscreen, which is great. You know, we have tinted sunscreen, which is really simple. Wipe it on, off yes. you go. But what are some totally. of the do's and don'ts maybe when it comes to skincare? Okay, so when it comes to skincare, um, my biggest bugbear with skincare is people not knowing their skin type. So, so many people walk into a chemist, they see a moisturizer on sale, they buy it, they whack it on, and it's the wrong skin type. And then before you've even put makeup on, you're fighting this battle of not enough oil or too much oil because they're using the opposite product. So for me, you need to know if you're oily, you need products that are oil-free and mattifying skincare and makeup wise. And if you're dry, you need hydrating products. So I see it all the time, people struggle with their skin and it's often because the products are wrong even from the beginning. So that would be my first tip. Make sure you know your skin type, 
Um, make sure you're buying the correct um, skincare for your skin type. Make sure you're washing your face. The amount of clients that I've met over the years that don't even wash their face daily. So you've got to wash your face and not with soap. So soap's a big don't. You need a cleanser. So even if you're not wearing makeup every day, you're out in the environment, the skin collects dust and dirt, you need to wash it every night when you get home. So they would be my big do's and really plain and simple. My don't is don't wear makeup to bed. I know so many people don't wash their face at night, but it's so important to remove your makeup. Um, and just the big thing with skincare is to keep the skin hydrated. You need to moisturize it. Um, I get asked all the time about people struggling because I deal with a lot of 40 and 50 year olds about um, fine lines. You need to wear eye cream. So that's another one of my big things I talk about in my lesson is sunscreen and eye cream. So many people don't wear them. And it's so important, the area around your eye has no way of grabbing moisture from anywhere else. So if you don't pop an eye cream on, it can't like pull it in from your moisturizer. So really important, morning and night, just pop a little bit under the eye. You'll thank me in 10 years. <laughs> well, if, uh, if I look like you do at 44, I would be feeling good about that. Um, so Michelle and I are going to find out from you if you feel comfortable with sharing them some of your favorite products kind of near the end of our conversation because I love talking about that. Um, my credit card doesn't really like it as much, but I definitely enjoy it while it's happening. So before we kind of get to that, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, makeup because I would like to know, you know, do's and don'ts, you know, kind of following along with Michelle about, you know, how, you know, what are some of the biggest mistakes people are making in relation to makeup? Yeah. Um, and obviously makeup's a personal thing because some people want to look like the Kim Kardashians and some people want to just look natural glam and there's a variety of different things, but sometimes I do wonder, and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm a jerk, but sometimes I wonder if people actually know what they look like. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I live here at Westfield and sometimes I see young girls and I'm like, that would look amazing on camera, but in person it just looks so full on. So, um, and that's where it comes back to my favorite saying, less is more. I think these days everyone piles on more makeup because they want it to look better, but sometimes less is more and it actually looks more flattering, especially the older we get to wear less makeup and have it looking more fresh and more dewy rather than packed on. So my biggest thing, my biggest do when it comes to makeup is you have to color test your foundation and it must be color tested down the side of your jaw. So many people color test on their hand and your hand is a completely different color to your face mainly from driving, to be honest, our hands catch the sun. So never color test anything on your hand. You get three stripes of foundation, pop it on the jawline, and you're looking for the one that disappears. So you don't want to get a tan from your foundation. It needs to match perfectly. And the one that disappears is, is the color. So that would be my first step because I see people all the time with foundation that's too yellow, too dark, they've got that mask down the jawline. Um, so important to color test properly. I've always color tested on my head. Same. Same. I'm you like, that's a huge fail, huge fail for me. <laughs> yeah, who you told us this? 
Yeah, well, so many people do. And it's funny, I had a lady in a lesson last week who was a cyclist and her hands were so tan and her face was so white from wearing sunscreen. And I was like, please never test anything on your hand because it was like probably four shades darker, to be honest. So really important. Even lipstick, you need to colour test it um, on your lips. You need to ask the lady in the shop for a tester or a cotton tip never on your hand it's going to look completely different wow what a good tip save you all money doing that <laughs> such a good tip yeah so that would be for makeup definitely um always color test properly um don't be afraid to play with color too a lot of people are really scared of color but sometimes just a little bit of blush on the cheeks really lifts the face especially as we get older um, our skin changes it tends to dry out a little bit more and we lose a lot of the color in our skin so don't be afraid to just pop a little bit of blush on your cheeks just to lift everything and it doesn't have to be pink so many people are anti-pink and that's fine i love a peach blush as in, i wear it literally every day and it just gives that beautiful flush of color but without you feeling like you're overdone or too pink so that would be my other tip for me. Um, I'm definitely too pink sometimes. Yes. Because I get my brush and I'm like, yeah, girl, get it on. And, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, did I run into a tomato or what? <laughs> well, that's it. And a lot of people are put off by the pink. So I'm always like, try peach. Don't, don't be afraid of like trying a little bit of color or something a little bit different. It can make all the difference. Megan, have you had a lot to do with um, eyelash extensions? Um, in I your... have. I've got them on. Oh, yes, I have. Um, yeah, we, wanted I have. To, we wanted to just ask about like lash damage and um, and how you should choose kind of where you go to, to get that done, like to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a big fan of lash extensions for a long time. I've had them on and off for years. Um, I love them because being blonde, I have very fair eyelashes. So I need like a ton of mascara for them to look decent. So for me... Like I don't have mascara on today, it's just done for me. I actually chose um, through referral. So there's two ways I choose any. So I've also just had my eyebrows tattooed and this is how I find anyone I want to work with. I follow them on Instagram. So first of all, I want to see their work. I want to see what they do. I want to see how they work. And then I always look at their reviews because I think that tells you a lot about um, if their clients are happy, if they're not, you know, um, with reviews, you will get some people whinge and sometimes it's good to know what they're not happy with as well. And then I'll ask for like friends or people I know that have had it done and if they refer them. So that's how I found both my eyelash and my eyebrow and I've been so happy and I always then give them a shout out on my stories because then other people can use them too. It's a very competitive industry, lashes. It's become massive and there's definitely good and bad. I'll say that there's some out there that I don't think, yeah, are as good as others. So definitely do your research. That would be my advice. Again, just on the um, lashes, because um, I used to get my lashes tinted, you know, back in the day. Um, yeah. But with the extensions, obviously you're getting more length and sort of body. So that's the difference yeah. between just getting your yeah lashes tinted. Yeah, yeah. so with um, tinting, because I used to get the same, that's just darkening the lashes. Lash extensions, they're actually placing little lashes in with yours. Oh. So you're getting more volume. I don't get mine particularly long because I don't like to... Like I want it to look like they're mine. <laughs> so 
So um, I get them the same sort of length as my lashes, but it just gives me that thickness. So it sort of looks like I have mascara on, but even more so. So for me, I started getting them, to be honest, for holidays because I love to swim with my boys. I thought, how easy is that? I don't have to take mascara on holidays with me. And so we went to Fiji and they were so amazing that I got a bit addicted. And then I came back and kept having, <laughs> having them. So I find them amazing but let me say this and i say this about any procedure like nails botox lashes anything you need to know that there's upkeep it's not something that you just do and that's it like let's talk lashes they have to be refilled every three weeks so it's not only a cost it's also a time thing you've got to lay there for an hour and a half so when clients ask me about any of those type of services i always say just bear in mind there's a time as well as a cost associated with it because not all of us have that luxury of time or money. So um, you've got to think twice about doing, same with nails, I just have shellac on my nails, same sort of thing, there's an upkeep. So um, yeah, just keep that in mind when you're thinking about getting these things that you will have to go and get them filled. They don't just sort of last forever. I will say too that I had my lashes done for like nine months and I, um, I was actually friends with the woman who was doing my lashes and she educated me a lot about lash damage. Yes. And, um, she explained, you know, that the lash extension should only be 30% more of your natural lash and things. So I got a lot of education yes. when I was getting my lashes done. And it's so funny because I see so many women and I look around and I'm like, oh, lash I damage, know. lash damage. Yeah. I know. There's, yeah. There's girls that have them so long and heavy that they look like they can't open their eyes properly. Yeah. And that concerns me. That, yeah. that is damaging the lash. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say as well, um, just for a listener at home, yeah. or if anyone has any friends, I actually had like some really crazy skin issues um, last oh. year. And I realized it that I was actually allergic to the lash eyelash glue. Ah, okay. Yep. Yeah. So um, it's fine for some people. For me, it was for a long time, but yes. I just kind of wanted to throw that out there because uh, for me, I started getting skin issues. That's why I started having to wear foundation gotcha. because I was trying to cover it up and I didn't really realize that that was the the new factor or the term determining factor. And I saw different dermatologists and not one of them well, they probably wouldn't have known I had eyelash extensions because like you, Megan, mine were quite natural looking. Yes. But it was never even mentioned. So I just wanted to throw that out there in case that helps anyone. Yeah, um, and that's, that's with all beauty treatments. Like you've yeah. got to keep in mind, I've got sensitive skin, so I actually don't do too much to my skin because I'm quite reactive and a lot of people are like that. So always they do, there are salons that will do a patch test to make sure you know, that the glue's okay, same with spray tanning, any of those services, always try them first, get a patch test, make sure they work for you. Don't wait till it's your wedding day to try like five different treatments, which I see all the time. Like do it leading up to it so you know what's going to work for you because it is common, like you've said, Lauren, that people do have reactions. I mean, that's just part of the beauty industry. You have to expect that. So my advice would be don't wait until it's your formal or your wedding or your 50th birthday to try all these things, try them earlier on and just make sure that, yeah, that you're happy with them and that there's no reaction. 
One thing um, you made me think about when you were saying that is also the hygiene in relation to keeping up with your cleaning your makeup brushes and throwing out your old makeup. So this probably <laughs> sounds like I really needed to talk to you, but I, um, I got like, a, yeah, I just think I used old eye makeup yes. at one K because I don't use it very often. And so I would never consider throwing out an almost new, you know, eyeshadow palette but yes. um, ended up getting a reaction to it. So, yeah. uh, you know, how often do you recommend people throw out their eye makeup? How often do they wash their brushes? How oh, do you look, wash This is brushes? my favorite topic. I am yeah. the biggest oh, okay. clean freak. I post on this stuff all the time because I think it's so important. I'm the biggest advocate for washing makeup brushes. You have to wash them every week if you wear makeup most days it's so important because you're putting it into product onto your face back into product you'll never get a flawless finish if you have dirty brushes so it, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine i'm always saying to clients please wash your brushes you can use baby shampoo just something really gentle you just don't want to use pantene or anything with silicon in it so you want to use just a very gentle shampoo give them a wash and then just lay them on a windowsill dry really important to wash your brushes um, the second thing is you really need to um, keep everything hygienic so let's start with mascara because that's the one that run, that is the most every three months your mascara is meant to be thrown away so I always say to my clients I love Maybelline mascara it's super cheap you can get it from a discount pharmacy for like ten dollars never spend a lot on mascara because literally every three months you're meant to throw it away because it's right. taking all the bacteria off your lashes into that tube back in so it builds gross. up it's pretty gross when you think about it but three yeah. months so don't spend a lot on mascara throw them away with anything wet what i call a wet product so foundation lipstick all those sort of creamy consistencies they say 12 to 18 months and then powders two plus years i do say to clients so smell the price i have clients that are like i've had this for 20 years i'm like okay that needs to go but there's some <laughs> products that you will know by the smell of them lipstick has such a specific smell when it goes off if your lipstick smells weird throw it away it gets a real sort of specific smell to it but honestly powders are probably the thing that lasts the most so if you've got blush powders um, foundation powders or eyeshadows you can go two plus years but anything wet you've got about 12 to 18 months and it's got to go because it'll start to turn so okay. fascinating i love that um the comment if your lipstick smells weird throw it away yeah. i really like well, you would be surprised people come to the lesson with their makeup bag and they're like, so this smells weird, this smells and weird, this foundation's like yeah. oil and water. And I'm like, it's got to go. I'm so sorry. But it's, and to be honest, most of them are coming to a lesson because they don't know and they've had stuff for 20 years and they're like, I don't know what to do with it. So they're happy to throw it away. Mm. But I think they almost need that permission to like, you need to get rid of it. Yeah. yeah it could so. be a family heirloom. It could be worth something. We don't know. <laughs> you know antique um you also uh with botox and things like that um yeah. can you just talk to us a bit about because i don't know it has been around for a little while but not all of us are sort of comfortable with the the idea of it that sort of thing um can you talk about how common it is um and do you know if it kind of does any real damage do we kind of know that at this stage look i don't think we know and 
Look, I don't think we know enough about it at this stage. I mean, they say that it doesn't do damage because it's a muscle relaxant. Um, when I had my salon, I had a lady come in and do some Botox for clients and she was saying, look, it's used in children who have fits. It's used, you know, for people that have issues in their underarm area. So how can it be that bad if it's used, you know, on children and for these type of medical issues? So um, they say it's fairly safe. Look, I'm not a big fan. I'm, I'm more, you know, let's age gracefully. Um, but I know a lot of, um, I do have a lot of friends that have tried it. I have a lot of friends in Sydney who have loved it for years. Um, look, I think Brisbane is slowly coming here, but we seem to be a little bit more behind to Melbourne and Sydney where it's been around for a lot longer. Um, I'm not anti it. I definitely have clients that have it and love it. It's exactly to me though, like the lashes thing. Once you start, it's not like you're suddenly going to go, oh, please, I can't wait to be wrinkly again. You're going to want to keep having it. So I just say to clients, put it off as long as you can because once you start, it's addictive, right? You're not going to want to go back to what you had before. I don't know a lot about fillers, to be honest, and I know that's for like a different area of the face. I've only really worked with a clinic that did the Botox, which relaxes the muscle. Um, and again, men would come in and have it. So I do think that's a growing industry as well. Men trying to, you know, get rid of those frown lines, look a little bit fresher. Um, look, it's definitely got its place in the beauty industry and it's here to stay. Um, yeah, I guess my clientele aren't that into it at this stage. Like most people are scared enough about coming to learn how to do their eye makeup. So they're definitely not at the stage of going to have Botox. But yeah, look, it's part of the beauty industry, absolutely. And some clinics, that's all they do. So it's obviously a very big industry that's growing, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I really want to, um, I know Michelle and I really want to know about your favorite products just before we get to that though. Um, can we talk quickly about hair? Cause I was oh. watching a, um, an old America's next top model. And <laughs> in one of the, um, one of the episodes they had to do like a makeover for some of the models. Right. And they were telling one of the models, they're like, the color that you chose for your hair is not the right color for your skin tone. Okay. So I guess I'm just kind of wondering if you had some thoughts on that. Yes. Um, and also I wanted to know whether or not you had any thoughts or suggestions if people were interested in going natural, uh, like as in gray. Um, okay. I know that's a lot easier for people who are blonde and I am the complete opposite of blonde and probably my, my hair is definitely too dark for my skin tone, I would think. Uh, but it's not about me, but I just wanted to put that out there that, you know, people like me, we're kind of in a really difficult position if we decide to want to go natural. So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, look, I'll start off by saying I'm not a hairdresser. So this is just my opinion. Um, when it comes to hair color, it's actually quite similar, I think, to makeup. You're either a cool or a warm tone. So um, I'm a warm tone, so I suit like a warm blonde. I look terrible with like an ashy blonde. I am really gray. I've been going gray since like my 20s and I dye my own hair. So I just make sure that as soon as it pops through, I tend to like get rid of it. To me, gray hair is a very cool tone color. So I would never throw out my hair and go fully gray because I think it would very much clash with my skin. 
I do have a friend who is blonde, blue eyed, who has grown her hair out naturally and it's well, gray blonde and it looks amazing on her. So I think it comes back to your skin tone. If you're warm toned, it's probably not going to look as flattering as if you're a cool toned skin. Um, there are definitely different hair colors that suit different skin types. But if you have a great hairdresser that knows those things, which they should, they can advise you. And it doesn't mean going gray, you just gray it out. They can do like a color rinse in a gray so you can sort of grow it out gracefully, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Good tip. Um, so we just want to hear about your favorite products uh, yeah, now. Okay. So this is a bit of the uh, the fun. Um, so you yeah. must have, and also just a bit of a why as well, you know, why you love that. Okay, great. So um, only this year I've taken on a new brand in my studio called um, Asada Cosmetics. It's a mineral range and I have fallen in love with it as have my clients. Um, one of the reasons I loved it is it's actually a Brisbane company. I love supporting other Australian small business and it's also being mineral, just good for your skin. I have so many clients. I also teach teenage lessons who have problematic skin, skin that can't have strong products on it. So I love that I was able to bring in a range that would work on all age groups, all skin types. It's not only looks nice on the skin, but it's good for your skin as well because I've taken all the nasties out. So Asada is definitely top of my list. But saying that, I'm not a one-man show. I have a kit full of products that I love. Being a makeup artist for 20 years, I definitely have pulled my favourites. So I'll start with the cheapies. My favourite cheapies are Maybelline Full and Soft Mascara, um, Maybelline Baby Lips Lip Balm, and the Maybelline Gel Eyeliner. So those three products are under $10 and they are amazing. And when they dry out, you can just throw them away without feeling bad because they're super cheap. So they're my cheap favorites. When it comes to foundation-based um, products, I do use Asada on myself. Other brands I've used over the years um, are Mecca brands like NARS Make Beautiful Foundations too. Um, when it comes to blushes and all those products, look at the moment, I'm definitely sort of stuck on the more Sada range, probably because I have it. But there's a brand, a UK brand called Charlotte Tilbury. You can order it online. They haven't bought it out here yet. But they do beautiful lip liners, lipsticks, bronzers, highlighters are beautiful. So they're really nice products to look out for. Um, I also love... Becca, which is a Mecca brand. They do beautiful highlighters for the cheeks. Um, yeah, they're probably like my top. Like I always think, what do I take when I travel? Because I have so much makeup. I think, okay, so my favorites must be what I put in my bag to go on like a girls weekend. And that would be my top little sort of like, if I could only take 10 products, that would be it. My Sada bases, couple of Charlotte Tilbury products. Um, I love MAC lipsticks. Um, and then my, I love my Maybelline lip balm. I literally wear it all the time. Love the Maybelline mascara. So um, yeah, just handy little products that sort of don't break the bank really. What about your skin products that you use and do you use facial oils? I don't use facial oils because I am a combination skin type. So I produce enough oil, I feel, 
already and I, I have a problem with being too shiny and makeup sliding. So I'm very aware of what I use skincare wise. And that comes back to that whole thing of knowing your skin type and using the correct products. Um, my two favorite skincare brands is Ultraceuticals. So that's what I used when I owned my salon. Um, I loved it. It's a unisex brand. It's Australian made and owned. It's one of the, what I call a no fluff product. So it doesn't smell nice. It's not in fancy packaging, but it does the job. So it's a very like for people that don't like things too fragrant or fancy, it's the perfect range. And that's what I had in my gym salon. I also love the brand O Cosmetics. Again, another stream business. They do great, not only great home care products, but great treatments as well. They do enzyme peels, just amazing um, beauty treatments. So they would be, that's what I personally use on my skin, um, Ultraceuticals and O Cosmetics. And yeah, I've never had a problem. I always, I don't do super fancy routines because I have sensitive skin, just cleanse, tone, moisturize, exfoliate once a week. Occasionally I'll do a mask, but I do keep things pretty simple to be honest. But the big one is sunscreen. You just, you just have to wear, <laughs> we live in Queensland, you just need to wear sunscreen. Yeah. What sunscreen brand do you use? I, again, because I have an oilier skin type, like a very matte sunscreen, I hate those sort of white, shiny, thick yeah. sunscreens because they make me look so oily. So Ultraceuticals does a mattifying um, 30 plus. So I just pop that on under my makeup and it's part of the moisturizer. So it's good. It's sort of, I love a two-in-one product. So um, yeah, I just pop that on every day and I think that saved my skin, honestly. Like people, when they say, you know, how, what, how have you looked after your skin? I honestly think the sunscreen's made such a difference. And I'm not a sun lover. That's probably helped as well. I don't sort of sunbake and, yeah, I don't garden. <laughs> well, I'm screwed. <laughs> you can do those things. Don't get me wrong. You can do those things. But hat and sunscreen, it just, yeah. it makes such a difference. Like I think people underestimate what they do yeah 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 I love that well what's next for you Megan how can people get in touch I'm I'm dying to follow you on Instagram I know that as soon as we get off I think I'm already following you actually but um I'm I can't wait to see the videos that you recorded over COVID and just like your tips and tricks and things like that and if people want to find out too about your online makeup course yeah uh how can they get a hold of you we'll put all your links in the show notes Thank and your you. bio and all that stuff but it'd be just great to hear from that now yeah sure so i have a website um on the website everything's divided obviously into studio lessons online lessons and bridal and photo shoot so they can just click on whatever page they're after have a little read up on um, what's involved, what the costs are. There's a little link to a video on the online lesson so you can see what it's all about. Um, and then if you want some extra tips and tricks, I try to um, post pretty regularly on my Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, I think a little tips that I think might be helpful for people, I pop them up and yeah, you can watch and follow along. Awesome. Thank you so much. That has been, I've learned a lot. And uh, I know Michelle, I'm sure you did too, girl. Yeah, I won't be uh, so testing colors on the back of my hand anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like, how long have I had my mascara for? Yeah, I know. It's so funny when I teach a group lesson, I see people sinking in their chairs sometimes and it's always those things. They haven't washed their brushes or they haven't thrown yeah. away their makeup. So don't worry, you're not alone. You're, yeah. No judgment, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, and it's all about doing it better now. Now that we know Absolutely. better, we have no excuse to, uh, to like, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, thank you so much. That was such a great episode. Learned a lot. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> she was, that was so great. Good. I, I can't believe Lauren. I think I'm going to have to um, very uh, strongly rethink everything that's in my makeup drawer upstairs after that yeah. conversation. And I, I think know. our listener at home is probably going to be doing the same. Yeah, me too. And you know what? I got a facial uh, a couple months ago. I remember we talked about that. And at the end, the woman was showing me some mineral makeup. And I was like, oh, yeah, because I use Lancome. Anyway, she goes, yeah, you should probably get rid of Lancome and use mineral, mineral makeup. And then I understood from, you know, what Megan was talking about, that it's like better for our skin. So I'm kind of realizing that you know, it means a lot to me to have like good youthful skin all the time, yeah. <laughs> or at least as much as I can, right? Yeah. So yeah, changes it I need to do, that's for sure. Yeah, I think um, what I loved was that less is more quote. Um, you don't need a lot, but yeah. less is more. And I think that's that's really good. You know, she was really big on the sunscreen and that was my mm -hmm. biggest takeaway. You know, a tinted sunscreen, making sure we put it in our jaw, not on our hand, um, yeah. is a really good tip. And that's something yeah. that I've done my whole life. I always put makeup on my hand, um, you know, the lipstick, everything goes on my hand. And she's like, no, yeah. you get the little cotton tip. I'm like, I didn't know this. I didn't yeah, know. yeah, me too. And understanding your skin tone. Because, yeah. you know, here I love using facial oils and things like that, but I don't have greasy skin. So or oily skin. I shouldn't say greasy. That's probably doesn't sound great. I don't have oily skin. So yeah, understand your skin tone. And I thought she threw in a gem there as well. We didn't really flush it out too much, but she did mention that, you know, when we were talking about makeup do's and don'ts, she kind of referenced the fact that you can have certain makeup for photo shoots that's different yeah. than every day. And I think that sometimes when I see people on the street, I'm like, damn girl, you might look really good on an Instagram photo with a filter on, but in real life, it just is not working. No. And she yeah. actually off air before um, you jumped onto the chat, she um, was talking about how she does her makeup in natural light because I noticed she had a ring light oh. and um, we we're talking about ring lights and she's like, yeah, some of the makeup artists actually use the ring light to do the makeup on people. And she actually takes them over near a window and does it in natural light because she's like, well, if you're at a wedding, if you're getting married, if you know, most of the events and functions that you're going to, you're going to be out in natural light or you're getting photos taken in natural light. So she's like, I do it near the window. And I thought that was a great tip. You know, I mean, very that rarely do we have a window. I mean, I don't really have a great window in my bathroom. Our window's frosted, but it's a good tip. Yeah. It's such a good course. tip because I do my makeup in a really dark bathroom with like a mood lighting. Mm. So I'm, yeah. So, and I'm realizing, cause I actually have a makeup mirror so I can easily take that where there's more natural light and do it properly. Cause yeah. you're right. That's, it's so obvious you're being seen and you tend to do. Yeah. Anyway, you make bad decisions. If you're dark. <laughs> so really <laughs> yeah, that's tip. a good tip. Thank you. So that was really good. So, uh, yeah. So I've got a couple of um, tools, Lauren, out of that. And um, what I've sort of learned from my experience, I guess, as well, is that it's vital to be 100% clear about 
kind of what we want um, when we book any beauty service. And I think that's based on our earlier conversation yeah. before we spoke to our expert today. Um, but it's important to be 100% clear and to stick to that. Yeah, and that's a little bit boundaries. So if it doesn't it feel to us like we're going down the path we expected to go down, I think mm. it's okay for us to sort of pull the pin and say, look, you know, let's leave it there. Let's call it quits. Uh, or, you know, we're entirely happy and that's great. You know, so I, I yeah. do think that that for me, um, is what I'll be doing sort of moving forward, be really clear about my boundaries um, and expecting to get what I paid for. Um, mm. And I think based on what Megan said, you know, it's it's good. Maybe we can ask to go near the window if we're getting our makeup done for an event or something like that, you know, a bit of natural yeah. light, kind of see what it looks like outdoors, come back in. Um, you know, there's some really good takeaways, I think, from what Yeah, um, and also say. when she was talking about checking reviews and getting, yeah. you know, looking at referrals and Instagram. things like that. So that yeah, because that would be more helpful if you're not, if you're in a situation where you feel uncomfortable, maybe it's because you also didn't do the research properly. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so Word of mouth is that. so good. Word of mouth is really yeah. good. Yeah. And some of the products you mentioned, Maybelline, that's that's pretty much most of my um, makeup draw is Maybelline, the mascara, you know, that she loves. I love that yeah, one. Yeah. So oh, I was yeah. like, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Tick, tick. <laughs> Yeah, so did you have exactly. a couple of tools that you're going to move on to the uh, party element no, of the week? Yeah, let's move on to the party element brought to you oh, yeah. by your business, Yay. Michelle. So Michelle, our price light worker. Um, so doing angel card readings, mediumship, uh, beautiful healings, pranic and Reiki healings. I've got a beautiful reading healing combo. Um, that's only $90. And um, I will be putting up my prices shortly. So if you want to get in uh, before that happens, then um, definitely book soon. Um, and just head to Michelle, our price, the light worker on Facebook and check it out. Very good. Putting up the prices. I'm a big fan of that. Yes. So I'm am I doing it myself, but eventually I will, when the membership gets to a certain point, the prices will go up because yep. um, that's how you advance your business. You make exactly. better decisions when yeah. you, you know, well, yep. maybe not better decisions, but it's better financially for you. If you exactly. Can. Um, yeah. So the party element is basically <laughs> Buy new makeup and clean out your old stuff. And also wash your brushes. Um, you know, like Megan was saying, get, you know, like a baby shampoo or something that's not super harsh and do that. And I can tell you, and this probably just makes me sound bad, but I definitely have not been cleaning my makeup brushes enough. So I've never uh, cleaned you know, one, I don't think. I mean, I've got new yeah. ones from time to time, but I've never cleaned. I know, the, exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I didn't and, realize you know. There's like bacteria and little bugs and stuff when you think about it. It's gross. So it's really important to do that. So I'd really recommend our listener at home, uh, you know, if you wear makeup to go and um, clean out anything that's old. Makeup is really not that expensive. And, you know, it's important for you to be getting stuff that's actually not going to cause you damage to your skin. So I'd really recommend that people do that. And, um, and yeah, why not do your makeup in the, in the natural light if you can as well and see whether or not you get a different result. Hmm. So that's the party element sister. I've got some really good, um, a really good recommendation actually, Lauren, and this was from watching uh, a makeup artist on the TV um, morning TV at one stage and they were doing makeup on one of their mums. So one of the TV presenters mothers um, was getting her makeup done. And it was so okay. interesting to me because as you age, you know how uh, Megan was talking a lot about your skin type and acknowledging that and how she has like an oilier skin type. So she doesn't use the, she uses a matte, you know, matte finished makeup so that she yeah. doesn't look shinier. And so yeah. this lady was on and one of the tips, and I thought this was really interesting as your skin ages, so it changes. So it's not always going to be the same as when you're in 17. And so the, the 
tip was to only wear matte when you get, or is it matte or, um, no, the one with the like shine, put a shine yes. on because as you get older, your skin loses that luster, oh, um, that does. natural luster. So rather than using a matte, because that just makes you look sort of flat and lifeless, as you get older, it's okay to put a bit of a shine in there. And I think Megan's skin will probably change as well as she gets older. Um, and so I thought that was a really good tip. So I got one of those um, little, it's, I guess it looks like a bit of a blush, you know, the powder, but it's that shine. Have you seen, you know, the shine, it's like kind of a yes, goldy. What, do you know what brand? Cause I love that. Cause I, I have, have one to too and I've lost show it. You. Oh, it's or I so used good. it. Actually, I didn't lose it. I used it all. Oh, I went to like uh, just price line price attack or something like that and, okay, and got it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's like a Maybelline. It might be a Maybelline or one of those. I'll check but it out. It's really beautiful. And I either use it in my Facebook lives on the brow. So just under my brow, um, sometimes to give me a bit oh. of a shine through there. Um, and also just along the top of your cheekbone um just really lightly because there was a girl on insta um a celeb i can't think it was a singer and she said oh i think i might have used too much of the shine and um she had this photo and it was like zing it was like zinging there was way too much zing i was like oh my god um, that will be me very, yeah you lose it very lightly but in the when you have the ring light on it just kind of lights your face up and it looks really kind of dewy okay. dewy yeah is what i want to say so obviously my skin you know i'm 44 so i need to use a bit of the shine for me um and that's how my right. skin works. but when i was younger i definitely had the combo combo skin so yeah okay um, yeah just regular. i just bought a ring light it hasn't arrived yet so oh, great change your life yeah change your wait. life yeah. yeah no more bald yeah. spots when you're doing your um facebook live yeah. <laughs> that uh dining room light um, so Lauren, I did get a little bit serious as well. And I just wanted to, um, cause we've done the party element. Um, I like to be serious on the serious one on the team. Um, yeah. so I actually looked at Australian consumer law and I just thought this was interesting because of some of the conversations we've had in the past, um, we do actually have rights. And I just feel like this was important to sort of go through very briefly. Um, if something does go wrong, you know, if you're sort of in there, oh, okay. like where I had all my yeah. hair cut off. Um, and I was like, oh my God. And I heard of a lady years ago when she was getting, uh, her hair done for her wedding and they bleached her hair, but all her hair fell out. So she was bald <gasps> at her wedding and had to wear a wig. So stuff like that, you kind of go, okay, so what are our, you know, protections and things like that? Yeah. Uh, so I just thought that was really interesting. And basically, um, what I found was, uh, the provider must meet the consumer guarantees of providing services with due care and skill. And that's fairly self-explanatory. Um, but they also guarantee to use an acceptable level of skill or technical knowledge when providing the services and take necessary care to avoid loss or damage. And it made me think of the lady that, you know, her hair fell out. She's mm -hmm. like, bored for a wedding, not fun. So, um, and they must be fit for any specified purpose. Um, you also guarantee the services will be reasonably fit for any purpose specified by the consumer. Um, and any product resulting from the service, um, for example, so these are glasses, hair extensions. We do talk about, you know, lash extensions and things. Uh, also photography. So photographs are included in that as well. They must be fit for the purpose. Yeah. So, um, oh. yeah, I think it's a really good tip because sometimes even with photos, you know, sometimes things that don't happen or unfold the way that you expect them to. And um, if you're disappointed, it's got to be, it sort of has to, meet whatever those expectations were. Um, and, you know, as Megan said, sometimes people have unrealistic expectations in different, um, different circumstances. So I guess it is a little yeah. wishy-washy sometimes too. Um, but yeah. I just thought it was important to mention that we do have, um, you know, we do have rights 
And if it doesn't meet our expectations, um, then, you know, we can certainly follow that up. And that's part of a, a Australian consumer law. But I think sometimes we don't realise that and we just kind of, you know, hide our head. Yeah, and, or we don't want to be a problem. Yeah, right? walk like, out. We don't want to be and, that person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are major and minor failures as well. So I guess it depends on, um, you know, what it is. If it's something that we can sort of put up with and we think, yeah, we'll just let it grow out great um but a major failure would be losing your hair right before your wedding day i think that would be a major failure or the morning of um is you know a pretty big failure i think yeah yeah well said that's good i'm glad you brought that up actually that's really important um one of the other things Lauren, i just want to mention quickly for nails because i thought this was really interesting um mm. so, and I, I have put the link so um the link to this uh information so if anyone wants to follow up will be in the show notes um so that's in there but with acrylic nails you know i know some people who've had acrylic nails and uh and the gel you know gel tips and things like that but the acrylic ones where they're sort of attached and then sometimes you sort of walk out and then they they randomly like fall off and you're like um i think i should last longer than that you know that's a bit yeah. odd um so a consumer wouldn't obviously pay to have those nails put on if they knew that they'd fall off within an hour and that that happens sometimes you know maybe the glue hasn't set or something like that um so what is reasonable depends on the nature of the service when there's a major failure you would think you know within an hour of uh leaving the salon if the nails are falling off that's not a good thing that seems like a major failure to me considering the price that you pay um, so you should be able to get a refund if, if that's the case, you should go back and get a refund. Um, so yeah. I think that hopefully most people would kind of know that, but maybe they don't. Yeah. So I just that, was, um, yeah. that was a really good one. And that's an example of a pretty big failure. Um, I think, or depending, you know, if you lose all your hair, you'd probably be going for compo compensation. So oh, for sure. Cause the that's... link to that is in our show notes. Great. Well done. That's really good. All right. Well, coming up on the next show, we are going to be talking about how to deal with overwhelm. And I know that Michelle and I have gone through our share of that and we think you at home have as well. So we'll have some tips and tricks on how to deal with overwhelm and we'll share some of our stories as well. And hopefully you can learn from where we've gone before. <laughs> <laughs> so that has been the business in the front party in the back podcast. podcast. Do you want me to do it? Sure. Okay. If you love the episode, <laughs> tell all your friends about it and uh, share as well. Share with all your mates and also yeah. let us know your thoughts um, and that sort of thing. But if you didn't love it, don't tell anybody. Nice work. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't realize we were swapping again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't keep it straight. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Yeah. See ya.